Let's spread a song so you can sing along with my special guest star two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. everyone welcome back to another episode of life's but a song a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals i'm your host john and with me today is a very special guest he is one half of a host on hell is a hell is a musical and hosts right writer's bagel basket it's scott curland hey johnny i hope i said your last name right yeah it's fine uh curland kirkland like Everyone, everyone says it wrong. It doesn't matter at this time. If you just say Scott K, that's fine too. Scott K. <laughs> How are it makes you? Makes me sound like an eighties eighties comedian up to the stage. Scott, Scott K. K. <laughs> I got a lot of things to say about a lot of people. <laughs> you might as well have a brick wall as a backdrop if you're if we're going with this joke. And that is only a visual for me and not the audience. So, <laughs> me and Roddy Dangerfield. Uh, yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I mean, you picked a banger of a thing to watch. I- I've seen it before, obviously. Yeah. But like rewatching it, I was just like, this is so good. John Mulaney is one of my favorite comedians of all time. And like him and I, back when I lived in New York, we were like working down the street from each other and like i could have bumped into him anytime like was this when he was a writer at snl it was his first year of writing at snl and i was working at comedy central at the time i was working at the daily show so i i literally could have bumped into him so many times and not know known it because this was before it was john mulaney and like his brain works the same way mine does. So I'm like, why aren't there old Sesame Street style like children's entertainment shows anymore? Like, <laughs> uh, and the way that this came about is your co host on Hell is a Musical, Lils, was supposed to join us. Unfortunately, yes. she, she's busy today, but shout out to Lils as well. And you know, well, no, you. You, the listener, don't know, but you, Scott, know that she likes John Mulaney. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, if you couldn't tell, we're talking about John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch, which came out. It came out in 2019. I could have sworn it came out in 2020, but. It came out my... in 2019 and watching it now makes me so sad considering like he's going through a divorce and like I know. His, and his wife did all the makeup for this and like you could tell like he went into the pandemic as one person and came out completely different like oh. so sad like on a positive note though he wrote <laughs> sorry <this>. johnny <laughs> it's fine we go deep on this one sometimes yeah. the screenplay is by john mulaney and marika sawyer marika uh, sawyer is one of the greatest comedy writers i i've met marika sawyer before she okay. is dirty as hell she is so funny and she's incredibly dirty (laughs) so are they actually like a writing duo or there were three of them at snl so it was him simon rich who created the tv show uh miracle workers and 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 john mulaney the three of them would write sketches um i believe they wrote 
he was famous for writing Stefan, but them together, the three of them were famous for writing a good chunk of the Daniel Radcliffe episode of SNL when Daniel Radcliffe hosted. He also wrote a good chunk of when John Malkovich hosted SNL. Like The three of them, you mean? The three okay. of them together. Music by Eli Boleyn. Lyrics by, again, John Mulaney and Marika Sawyer. Uh, directed by Reese Thomas. And according to IMDb, John Mulaney and his kid pals tackle existential topics for all ages with catchy songs, comedy sketches, and special guests in a nostalgic variety special. I mean, God bless whoever had to write that. It was, it was probably him. Mulaney probably wrote that. <laughs> I mean, they didn't... I thought they went deeper. Like, re-watching it, I thought they went darker with the existential topics. I mean, these are the things as a kid that I was terrified of. Like, I'm, I'm scared of clowns. I'm scared of death. <laughs> like, if they mentioned spiders, like, I would have been terrified. <laughs> and then you, and then there's, well, okay. So how do you think, I don't know, do you know, do you know how these segments came about? Like, was it based off of the interviews or? Uh, so I actually do. Not to sound like such a, everyone listening to this is going to be like, Johnny, why did you have this like pretentious snob? No, no, <laughs> but yes, I, no, no, I, no, I, yeah, I, I fucking love it. I fuck everyone else. <laughs> I, I, I became obsessed with the, this special because I was like, how did he pull this off? So apparently, he grew up watching, uh, the way he explained it in an interview, he loved watching Sesame Street where it'd be like Paul Simon some chick named Gina and like Grover smoking cigarettes on Sesame street. And they're like, Hey, did you hear what happened to Mr. Hooper? Yeah. He fucking died. <laughs> What's death. Oh, it's, it's when you die. And like, they had to explain death to children. And that's like the type of show that he loved when they would just have like celebrities for no reason. Do you remember like old school, like Sesame street when they used to do that? I think so. I mean, there's so many things I'll that like, I've I'll send that. you I'll send you in our little chat that we have. I'll send you my favorite clip. It is Marley Matlin, Billy Joel, and Oscar the Grouch. What? Doing, yeah. So Billy Joel out of nowhere just knocks on on Oscar the Grouch's trash can and gives him a piano. And Marley Matlin's teaching sign language to don't go change and just the way you are for for some reason and it's like the greatest four minutes ever because oscar the grouch is just being a dick i remember watching that as a kid and i'm like what's his problem and they're like he's a grouch he lives in a trash can on the on the street i'm like oh so he's homeless they're like no he's not homeless he lives on sesame street but he doesn't have a house it's the trash can and like you would see like the blood go down my nose trying to figure out what was going on but i mean i feel like though in those specials they treated the kids like kids and in this one like there was some weird line where everyone is an adult everyone is a 20 year old hipster who lives in williamsburg like that's literally what it feels like because when when they like john uh john mulaney clearly talks to them as adults mm -hmm. um, there's there is no moment where he's like you're a kid yeah uh, and the like, kids know the references too it's like well do they i mean they're just 
Well, well, my favorite, my favorite joke is at the very beginning when they're drawing their grandparents and Alex goes, yeah, this is my grandparents. And he goes, oh my God, it looks just like them. Joe and Catherine Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) And he's trying to figure out if his dad is who his dad was, if it was Tito, Marlon, Michael, or Jermaine Jackson. (laughs) Yeah. But like, I don't know if the kids understand that joke or like some other jokes, like, uh, uh, the the executive at the pitch meeting where they shout the names of the celebrities and like do they know these those names? I'm- so I used to early in my career when I used to work in cable television, I had to sit in meetings like this, uh... and it, it wasn't like it wasn't kids who were like you know in middle school. It was like high school kids, and most of them did know. That's different age range. 14 years old, they they knew at like 13 or 14. And some of these kids are 13 and 14. So like one kid kn- knew who Chief Bishop Desmond Tutu was because on the Daily Show, he was a guest. And like one of the kids is like, yeah, I like when, when John Stewart has political people on, like Chief, Chief Justice, uh, Chief Bishop Desmond Tutu. But I really don't care when he has Seth Rogen on. I'm like, Damn. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll write that down. And I handed that to like one of the executive producers and they're like, are you serious? It's <laughs> like, who is this kid? How did you feel about like the confessional though? Being a 90s kid and like, I'm just used to that type of stuff right now. Like because of, I mean, throughout quarantine, I ended up watching a ton of reality TV. Like, well, yeah, <laughs> everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but the whole like, uh tiger king joe exotic like the confessionals just became something and growing up in the 90s with the real world like it just it seemed the natural course of action like i would have been more upset if there wasn't a confessional <laughs> but like did it feel like the same do you feel like it felt the same tone as if they were when they were doing scripted material game johnny broke my ba- brain um <laughs> Kind of, yeah. I, I mean, because all the questions were written by America and John Mulaney, so it just felt that same repetition because he was able to add in the one-liners. I would have preferred if it was that cliche of asking kids questions, but they were asking like what they did with like Natasha Leon for no reason and Andre DeShields. Like, if it was just them and all, the kids were only in the sketches and they were getting like they were asking these existential questions to these adults, but also peppering in some like kids questions. Like, like, do you know what, what mortality is? And having Jake Gyllenhaal be like, yeah, of course I do. I'm Jake Gyllenhaal. Speaking of Jake Gyllenhaal, do you think he's okay? <laughs> like after watching this performance, it's like, are you okay, Jake Gyllenhaal? <laughs> this, yeah. This was around the time where he was doing like a ton of Broadway theater this was around the time when he was doing like Sunday in the park with George and little shop of horrors. So I, I just think he, he's like, I got to sing. I have a song in my heart. Well, and this is also around that episode of SNL when John Mulaney hosted David Byrne, I think what was David Byrne was the guest uh, artist. And, and then Jake Gyllenhaal makes the appearance in the, as the guy who, who won't get out of his pajamas in the airport. Yeah. Am I right? I'm right in saying that, right? Like, yeah, the, it was two months after. Yeah. Around the same. Okay. Yeah. And then, yeah. John, and 
those sketches, the musical sketches on SNL, like I was reading that Colin Jost originally wrote the Lobster Diner one. With Mulaney. They, they wrote it for Zach Galifianakis. Right. And then, but then John did it. And then did, did they, did the two of them write the other ones? Yeah, they wrote all of them together. So I guess what happened with, with the Lobster Diner sketch is that Lauren Michaels was like, why now? Why is this important? And no one will get it. And then they, when he was host, I guess the host gets to do whatever they want. And he's like, we're doing it, damn it. Because <laughs> there's Lobster Diner. Uh, Bodega Cat. Bodega Cat, Airport Sushi, and then the New York. The store? New York thrift store. Which one's your favorite? God, ask me to pick my favorite child, why don't you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, which one's your favorite child? <laughs> well, I have dogs, and those are my fur babies. Uh, and... <laughs> not answering that one um <laughs> they are definitely I, listening i would to say the of the funniest ones i hate les mis so fair so part of the reason why i picked this this one is i did children's theater as a kid and i auditioned for stuff i auditioned for movies i auditioned for a ton of stuff so I, this hit close to home and i can't tell you how many times an 11 year old girl i'd be in like an audition an 11 year old girl would be like hi my name is tiffany tina smith and i am singing i dreamed a dream from les mis (laughs) and i'd be like okay i'm doing finishing the hat from sondheim's sunday in the park with george (laughs) um but i I would say my favorite one is probably bodega cat I was going to say, I'm torn between Bodega Cat and Airport Sushi because Airport Sushi was like right before shutdown, literally. Yeah. And and, I mean, some of the jokes did it to this day are are outdated and it's only been a year. I know that's what stinks the most. But like, it's still funny because Jake Chilinol is flying for no goddamn reason. I mean, the reason why airport sushi, like to me, that that is now like leaning in. I did not really care for when they did the whole uh, New York thrift store. Yeah, I didn't care for that because it's like, okay, the first one was funny. Second one was genius. But now it's just like, okay, I guess every everyone has a song. And Bodega Cat was my favorite because they did Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And oh. Yes. I love Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yes, that's a that's a good one. Where, where they have where, who is it? Cecily Strong and Melissa Villasenor as like the the dancing roaches or something. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like you, it's great that uh, uh, John Mulaney was able to like play with writing lyrics with those because then that obviously that plays into this one, right. To bring it back to the <laughs> to the topic at hand. I mean, I would kill for John Mulaney and Rachel Bloom to write a musical together. We're going to fucking manifest it now that you said it. I've like, said it so many times in private, not on mic. And I just want... Well, now you she's said it writing, on mic, so... Yeah, she, she's writing The Nanny, the musical. Like, get Mulaney in there. I feel... I, I'm, I mean, I want to see them do an original, though. Broadway is starved for an original show. It's been a while. So I feel like the two of them 
are the same level of insanity that they can like mash their heads together and like write a book and lyrics. And I don't know if Rachel also writes the music. Uh, no, of things. unfortunately, the person who wrote the music for her was Adam Schlesinger. Oh, from... yeah, he passed away. Yeah, so they, so, they... so it would have to be uh, Elon. Is it Elon Bailey who? He's the one who writes all the music for Mulaney. Oh, Eli Boleyn. Eli Boleyn. Yeah. He, so he did the music for co-op also. <laughs> so he works with Mulaney. So if Mulaney just shares Boleyn with, with Rachel Bloom, like we would get a Done. really great musical. Yeah. Like, and I think in this town good. Yeah. And the two of them can write something, hopefully not based off of like a book or a movie or something. Because, like, this is paying homage to those children's shows, but it's Yeah, 321 not... Contracts, uh, 321 Contacts, Sesame Street, uh, Electric and Company. Electric Company were the three he said inspired him. Um, and like Robber can... Room's definitely in there. And you can find other ones, too. But And, like, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend was so original that, like, the music was more influenced by other things. So, like... They can be influenced by something, but I feel like they can write something original and that yeah, would be pastiches. hilarious. Because all of the songs in this are inspired by other songs. And like... Yeah. I mean, the, the only reason why David Byrne is in this is because it was written, that role was written for Stevie Nicks. <gasps> what? And Stevie, and Stevie Nicks... Her her uh, publicist said, you know, we got the song, but it just sounds like a song that Stevie had already done. And she, he's like, yeah, that, that's the entire point of it. And uh, she goes, I don't know if it's right for Stevie. And he's like, well, I just want to hang out with Stevie. And and Stevie's publicist is like, well, then come by the come by the apartment and just hang out with her. And I remember Jimmy Fallon being like. So are you going to do it? And he goes, I don't know. She didn't like my song. Wow. That, that's <laughs> pay attention you're talking about. Yes. Where, I mean, the woman, um, I, you probably know this, the woman that uh, John Mulaney's talking to during that scene is his wife. Is his, yes. Or ex-wife at this point. Yes. They're separated now. It's so sad. Uh... Yeah. So, you so can... sad. You can go v- very far in life if you pretend you know what you're doing. <laughs> that's I mean, my that's my whole ideology with this podcast. I pretend I know what I'm doing, and so, something happens. <laughs> I love the quote at the beginning of this entire special. Uh, the two most honest people are drunks and children. And then, like the lineup of uh, guests, like. Why is Natasha Leon there? I wish they had a, a scene with her. Because, like, the other ones, they have scenes with them. The, uh, the reason why she was there is because uh, I guess she was... Rice Thompson, who directed this, was doing an episode of Russian Doll or consulting with one of the directors of Russian Doll. He's like, do you just want to come do a quick confessional? She's like, yeah, sure, why not? That's my <laughs> that's my Natasha Leon impression. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, she's a she's a seventy year old Jewish she's, man she, from she's, Brooklyn. She's slowly turning. If you listen to her in this, she's slowly turning into Penny Marshall. Oh, wow! Oh, oh. <laughs> oh my god! 
you were you were not wrong. I'm <laughs> gonna say that. Uh, uh, did did you have though a favorite a like favorite skit out of all of these that ha- that happened? So this or is this rather, is tricky because or rather, did you have a least favorite one? My least favorite skit is Googie. Yeah, that was a little weird. Like 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 letting the kids know. But so favorite skit is probably I want to play restaurant. <laughs> I I think it that that entire sketch is genius. Favorite song title, not favorite song itself, but I think I saw a white lady crying on the street and I think about it once a week is probably <laughs> one of the greatest titles for a song ever. That song though, like that kid was wailing. Yeah. He, he was so good in that. <laughs> you know, I was just like I I was just so like impressed. And then Annalie Ashford is in it and um you know her. Like he's, yeah. He's, yeah. And she was she, working with so they got her because she was working with Jillian Hall on Sunday in the Park with George at this time. Uh it's so good that like this is one of those things where it's like i'm working with somebody right now that can come in and do a day <laughs> yeah well that's how they got richard kind because richard kind plays melanie's dad on big mouth and so like <laughs> so then how did they get andre de shields andre de shields i was originally they wrote that role for dick gregory and they're like dick gregory's been dead for five years <laughs> and Oh yeah, <laughs> and, and and he's like, "What about Andre De Shields?" Because I guess Rice Thompson was working with because Rice, one of the guys actually works on Broadway, and they were directing or producing Hades Town. Okay, and and they needed someone, so Andre De Shields. They were scared to ask him, and he's like, "I'll do it." And like they're like, "Are you sure?" He's like, "Yeah, I don't care." That that song is hilarious too. That well, that's that is genius because they're teeing it up. This is the Mulaney like writing style. Like you think they're gonna go one way with how he lost his eye, and then it's something completely different. They do that. They do that so many times in this entire special. Like with the how did Paul die? And he's like, well, you see, he's at age ninety five. He's gonna have a series of strokes, and then. Then on his 98th birthday, he's going to get cancer and beat that. Just tell us how he died. Oh, uh, my grandmother shot him thinking it was an intruder. <laughs> the whole Paul thing is actually based on a true story. Like it, it, his true story. Yeah. His, his grandmother started like seeing a, a nice man named his name wasn't Paul. It was something else. They changed it for this, but started seeing a nice man. He would just take her to, you know, uh, I, I don't know how many of your listeners know in Massachusetts, there is a theater company called the North shore music theater. And it's like people who could never make it on Broadway or the Agunquit playhouse go to this theater to do musicals. So Mulaney's grandmother lives right by that theater. And I guess this nice old man used to take her there and to seafood dinners on in Rockport. And like his, his mother had like a problem with it. But like, let grandma get some come on that that and that's the whole point of the song you know where he's he's saying i don't understand why people don't like paul because like paul's i think he's nice great <laughs> paul's he's nice to grandma and grandpa's dead and paul didn't kill grandpa 
So what's wrong here? Like that song itself just reminds me of old school Sesame Street. Like I got a new way to walk. Like <gasps> I love that one. That that's basically what this is. I you have mean, one person singing and then three people doing background. That's a that's a that's a YouTube clip I rewatch every once in a while. <laughs> the one with Destiny's different. Child or the original one? Original. Come okay, on. All right. Jesus. Are there? Don't tell me. <laughs> Are they horses or pigs or something? They're cows. They're cows. And they, you know, climb up a square. And you're like, that's not how that works, but okay. <laughs> you know, they go vertical and then they go horizontal. And you're like, mm. <laughs> I also I also love the transition jokes. Like, because that's one thing they used to do on Sesame Street is like, hey, can you guess the. <laughs> yeah. The, my favorite one was was the Larry Hagman People magazine from 1995, where he talks about beating stomach cancer. And above it says, congratulations, Ted Danson, Mary Steenburgen and forget getting married. I'm surprised they didn't do the pinball one that's, ooh, is it from Electric Company or Sesame Street? Yeah, Electric Company, the one, two, three, four, four five, six, five, seven, eight, seven, eight, nine, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. I'm surprised they didn't do something like that. Like, but like that would have been too easy and maybe a little too copyright. Yeah. Also, I was very surprised that they didn't have like, they did the Googie thing, but I'm surprised that they didn't have like a Muppet. Even in Bo Burnham's inside, he has a sock puppet that like feels, you know, alive. (laughs) I mean, it could have been something as easy as like um, Mr. Stick from like uh, South Park, you know, just put a put like a jacket on a twig and you're done or stick stickly from nickelodeon yeah yeah just some something that's like completely thrown together even though it probably costs like thirty thousand dollars to make it but like yeah i mean the, the whole insights about money in this made me laugh like when right before the noodle song yeah when he goes oh god am i paying for this too <laughs> I, mom, those little moments uh like uh, like you mentioned before about the Jacksons and, um, you know, when he's under his breath saying, like, another stage? Am I paying for this? Like, those moments, I died laughing. Yeah, like, and the whole, when he's playing chess with uh, the kid and he's like, so what do you like to do? Oh, I like watching stand-up specials. Oh, really? What's your favorite? Nanette. Nanette, dead. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. That was that one though was very random. I feel like he wrote that joke, and he kind of the whole sketch. It's because that came about, I guess. uh, So, if no one listens to, um, uh, the Good Ones podcast by uh, comedy writer Jesse David Fox, he had Mulaney on explaining that, and Mulaney explained the reason why they even did that is because that kid loves chess just started talking about it and one day they just had a, a chess set ready for him to explain it and they just had the cameras going most of it is improvised that makes sense because like i feel like that uh the song pay attention and even like do you want to play restaurant and possibly the noodle song were based around like an interview that they gave with the kids mm-hmm. like um I know that the they really only showed them answering the question, "What's your biggest fear?" But like, I feel, I feel like with that group of kids, they may have like had 
a litany of questions that they were like, okay, now we're going to base this special around yeah. these jokes that they, or these settings that they like to do. Right. I I also, I still think that the, the entire Do Flowers Exist at Night song is not as strong as like everything else in this. Yeah, that one's a little... I feel like that one is my least, one of my least favorites, I should say. I mean, yeah. in ranking order, I, I don't know which one is like really at the bottom, but like that's down there where I'm like, mm, you're like a a song that could have been cut. I mean, everyone talks about how brilliant uh, Play and Play to Noodles is. And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. But he basically said it's chicken, uh, chicken Soup with Rice by Carol Kane. Carol King, not Carol Kane. Carol King. Carol Kane is a totally different person. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, because Carol King wrote a album of children's songs, and that was another inspiration for this. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, if, do you remember in the eighties and nineties when like celebrities were writing songs for kids, and it like didn't make sense at all? Well. There's still people around these days. I mean, the only one that comes to mind is the drag queen Nina West, who's like trying to get uh, kids to accept, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the LGBT community and things like that. Yeah. Or like understand what it means to be that in, in that community. So. Well, that that's actually helping. I'm talking about like when Little Richard released an album of of like knock knock jokes and he did it to the tune of i hear you knocking but you can't come in and like he he would basically they would tell a joke and he would fake laugh and then say shut up like the way little richard does shut up (laughs) just telling a child to shut up just makes me laugh it's so funny and they and like these kids like, usually, I'm not going to lie, I hate child actors. Like, um, yeah. I feel like in TV and film, child actors are, most of them are overacting. Every once in a while, there's like, a, a, a like you know, the, the, the angels are singing and they're yeah. covered in gold. And it's like, oh, you can act, child. Um, I feel like, though, that these kids are, w- there was no clunker. Though, right like, with these kids right as someone who as a kid wanted to be a child actor and like i went to auditions i auditioned for two movies and by the second movie i was like i'm out i'm not doing this because like i didn't have a headshot we had to use a bunch of like eight by tens from owen mills of me like posing like this oh, and with the fist on the chin with the fist on the chin Aww. and then there was one of me just like that with the hand on the face but, like, we had to send those in. I did two movie auditions, one on tape for The Little Rascals, where I auditioned for Spanky. I knew a kid who got the part of Alfalfa, but he turned it down because his parents didn't want him to turn out weird. And <laughs> and then the other one was for Leave It to Beaver, the movie. And that was, uh, I basically, it was a cattle call. It, w- it was like a bunch of kids at the Comedy Connection in, Mass- in Boston, in Faneuil Hall. 
and they're like you you're kind of chubby are you sure you want to be the beaver you don't want to be his fat friend lumpy or and i'm like no but now this is something i have to deal with thanks for giving <laughs> me body issues when i'm 10 or whatever i, w- I was eight that's what makes oh it not even double digits yeah <laughs> And my and my parents are like, hey, that must have been hard. We got you some donuts. I'm like, I don't want any fucking donuts. And they're like, don't say fuck. <laughs> Take me to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get jacked. Um, <laughs> but the kid in front of me who auditioned for Eddie Haskell was amazing. And I'm pretty sure it was John Mulaney. Because he sounded and looked like John Mulaney. And John Mulaney's grandmother lived in Swampscott. And oh. and he tried to be a child actor. He auditioned for Home Alone in Chicago when he was a kid. The OG? The OG. He auditioned for Kevin McAllister as a kid. Damn. You know they remade that movie, right? Or they are remaking it? Yeah, with the kid from Jojo Rabbit. Oh, that's who won it? Uh, no, that... not not the main kid from Jojo Rabbit. His, his chubby friend with the glasses. Little... Oh, that kid was hilarious, though. Yeah. It. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but you're 11. I know. Coming back to this, to uh, the John Mulaney special, you probably do know this as well. But like, uh, uh, did you know that there's gonna be more? There's gonna be more specials. I, I did know that there's supposed to be more specials, but I don't know with with you know this past year if there's going to be because of you know. I mean, Comedy Central ordered it, so... Yeah, um, yeah they I, ordered it before quarantine, though, and, like, before the, the stint in rehab and the... Oh, the, the stint in rehab is the one that's going to kill it. Because, like, as a... I, I, I read a Nerdist article from okay. July 7th, 2020, that okay. said uh, one of the specials is going to be a holiday special, they don't know what holiday, so it could be anything from like a major Passover. holiday to like Arbor Day. So Passover, oh my god, that would be amazing. Maybe they can finally get Fran Leibowitz like they want. You know who I saw on the subway the other day? Fran Leibowitz. Fran Leibowitz. Yes. yes. <laughs> to be fair, when I lived in Brooklyn, I saw Fran Leibowitz on on the D train every day. Like. I'd be like, hey. <laughs> She's like, leave me alone. So what's the most scared you've been in New York City? So my first night there, uh, my I was with my family. They were helping me move in. And we were at uh, the 42nd Street um, subway station. We're walking up this ramp. And my dad is walking like, miles ahead of all of us and i'm trying to catch up with him but also like have my mom and and sister catch up and i bump into this guy and being from like from new england i'm i'm like hey how are you so sorry and he turns around and he has like a giant scar across his face and he's like i'm gonna stab you in the face and his wife is like no t-bone you can't go back to prison and me pissing myself i'm like no t-bone you can't go back to prison (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'm sorry to laugh at you but like that's hilarious yeah i'm like i'm like i didn't steal anything i promise i'm from massachusetts i'm sorry no t don't go back to prison 
Oh my god. <laughs> but 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 then his wife is like, he's not worth it. He's just a jerk. I'm like, I didn't do anything. Listen to your wife. I'm a jerk. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I should have just doubled down. I'm like, well, maybe if you walked faster, oh, please don't hit me. <laughs> I love you, Tebow. <laughs> I just get it on the ground and start crying. <laughs> oh no are you crying now don't cry now no 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 i'm scratching my eyes new york wasn't as scary as i thought like the amount of times that i almost got stabbed was twice <laughs> um and it wasn't a- as scary as literally one thing they talk about in the special is one of those fears they talk about is being afraid of drowning and as a kid i drowned twice so like why yeah yeah so we were away on a family trip with like family friends and and you know uh and they thought that i had floaties on so they're like oh we'll teach you how to swim and a family friend was like just having me kick my legs and her son got hurt and she's like oh no and just left me in the deep end and i start kicking and flailing because i can't swim because keep in mind i'm four years old and my dad just dives in and picks me up and he's like hey how you doing i'm like oh my god grandpa says hi (laughs) so then did you die? Did you like not? Die? I didn't die, Johnny. I didn't did die. You, did you drown the, a second time during this trip? No, no. Years later, I fell in Quishy Gorge in Quishy, Vermont. We went on a tour inside it, and I slipped on a rock because I was six, and I go flying down the the stream and my dad is like jumping from rock to rock both times my dad saved me indiana jones style um and he just picked me up i'm like hey can we get nachos and he's like you can get anything you want <laughs> and that's that's when they had me take swim lessons <laughs> grandpa didn't say hi the second time though no no that was grandma grandma said hi. okay okay at least, but you she know. was still alive, and she was like on the other side. No, <laughs> Pete said hi. <laughs> Grandma's friend Pete, <laughs> Paul, Paul. Well, I mean, you see, she, your grandma had a Pete, not a Paul <laughs> or a Mary. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so let's get into special, not special features. That's the wrong podcast, John. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, Okay. Uh, all right. So let's get into sharp and flat, shall we? Okay. Sharp, flat. In this section, uh, we're going to highlight moments, uh, whether we talked about them or not. I'm pretty sure we talked about almost everything in this special. If we liked it, it's sharp, and if we hated it or felt like it could have been reworked, it's flat. Scotty K. All right. <laughs> what are what are your sharps? So I would say there's one thing on here that I, I'm not I'm not sure of. I don't remember Carlotta's portrait or Tiny Apocalypse. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I I don't know where those came from. Now that I, after I rewatched it, 
So for the listener, they, those titles were songs that ended up on the outline. And I don't know if I got them from IMDb or something and clearly it was wrong. And like, I watched even into the uh, credits, uh, the ending credits, and there was, they just repeated other songs and things like that. So I don't know what that was. But, <laughs> so we're going to uh-huh. ignore them. <laughs> So for my sharps, I would say that Grandma's Boyfriend Paul and the Algebra song are like the two sharpest. They're the best in this. They start out so strong. And of course, you want to play restaurant. And I saw a white lady standing on the street just sobbing. And I think about it once a week. And the reason why I'm not including pay attention as a sharp is because I I love the talking heads and David Byrne so much that that's that would just be cheating in my opinion you're allowed to cheat it's okay <laughs> no one will there is no judgment on this podcast i mean my tens of listeners will <laughs> not judge you i would say do flowers exist at night the googie song and playing plate of noodles is pretty flat that those are your flats yeah music everywhere is just meh <laughs> see i really liked it because you know, I think I like Crazy Jill and Hall. Yeah, that was my wife's favorite song is Music Everywhere. Like she was having trouble. She didn't grow up with this era era of huh, era era. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I went all black eyes. Um, but she didn't grow up with like three to one contact or like um the electric company. She had Sesame Street, but like all of this was like this is too weird. And then Hall showing up, she's like, okay, I can get behind this. I think I'm a little, I'm younger than you and I'm pretty sure I am. And, but like, I don't really remember. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm 22. Uh, <laughs> I'm 21 then. <laughs> but like, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm 35. Yeah. All right. So I'm, I'm, I'm 33. So I'm two years younger than you. Yeah. I don't really remember these specials. But, like, I still laugh my ass off at the entire thing because it's so absurd. And, like, I know enough of, I remember enough of Sesame Street that I'm just, like, I get what you're doing. Like, I get that this is a skit, a skit scat, and you're poking, you're poking fun at it, but also not really. If they did, like, a Wishbone parody, I, I know my wife would be, like, absolutely love it because that was, that was the that was the the time of PBS that she grew up with. Like the Bill Nye, the science guy, the wishbone. Uh, I was the electric company, three, two, one contacts, you know, romper room. I mean, according to my, according to my mother, I was a little more Mr. Rogers. Yeah. I was Mr. Rogers too. My sister, my sister was more Sesame street. I was more Mr. Rogers. So, but Mr. Rogers is also like sort of variety in a way where he he'll he'll read a story and then was thomas the tank engine on originally on mr rogers no yeah no 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 thomas tank engine was shining time station that's it with dd con dd con and george carlin oh right yeah the first season was ringo star and then from then on for the next six seasons it was george carlin i love it it's just like off the top of your head <laughs> it's a nightmare in my brain <laughs> but i really 
love I loved all the skits really but like music music everywhere was just so funny because I think it was more again the little moments between Mulaney and Jalen Hall where what did it sound like <laughs> or or like Jalen Hall would be like I stayed up all night and Mulaney was like don't don't don't, don't talk about that <laughs> like that is amazing plus I love his jacket like that was a shark for me because I just want I want the xylophone jacket <laughs> I also really like the Erica Jane quote at the beginning mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just so random like why why a real housewife when you're doing this I also really like the sack lunch bunch jacket it reminded me a lot of like 90s Mickey Mouse Club mm-hmm which I, that's what I think they were going for. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Like oh, the, yeah. The MMC. Spears and all of that. And, and Ryan Gosling, J.C. Chazé, Justin Timberlake. basically, yeah. Singing End of the Road. Uh, and Christina Aguilera and, and Britney Spears being like besties on that show, but not Yeah, really. I just remember when I think it was one of the guys did it was probably gosling saying uh king of wishful thinking from the pretty woman soundtrack i'm like okay y- you won me over mmst i also like it, in this special was dying laughing during sasha's dad does drag that is such a john mulaney like the the specificity of everything that happens in that and the way it's written is you can tell it's just John Mulaney's tone. Like if you remember from co-op, the musical, how that opens up with a bunch of text and how it's written is so John Mulaney. Like there's a line where it goes, Hey, do you want to film this documentary? And I said, as you know, I need money. Just lines like that are very John Mulaney and, and Sasha's dad does drag and needs to fix his act. Is that what it's called? Nope, just Sasha's dad does drag. That's the name of the book. Yeah. There was, I took a picture at the end of, ooh, I don't remember what song it was. Maybe it was Sackledge Bunch, like the title song or something, where they make fun of like the brought to you by viewers like you and all all that, like that shit from uh, all all these shows. But they say, brought to you by GoFundMe based on a lie. The Mil- Mil and Belinda Goats Foundation, the Meghan Markle's Dad Foundation, and viewers like you. Well, not you. <laughs> like, was just... that, that was at the beginning. Yeah. And I, that's such a that's such a Mulaney joke. I, I loved it. Um, <laughs> um and me personally, I mean, even though some of the skits were weren't great, I, I couldn't find a flat in this. Like they, there was something that was well you tricked me then because i (laughs) it's an option you don't have to have i mean no do flowers exist and i just felt like a a michael stipe song and also the kid who sang it all the kids are so talented they did such a great job but throughout that song he doesn't blink and it scared me but like i that one though i was laughing when shireen Pimentel shows up. That's the one. That's the song, right? There. So that's the that that song is a is a duet between Zell and Aura, and Zell is the one that doesn't blink. You're talking about, mm-hmm. yeah. 
But then there's that adult woman that shows up and just like belts out a note. Yeah. That was what was funny for me. Like just out of like, and even, you know, it had the whole like music video card or or text, I should say. It's filmed exactly like losing my religion from, or, or shiny happy people from, from rem like it's it's filmed like an rem music video <laughs> i got i got um oh what's that uh uh total eclipse of the heart a little bit oh uh Bo- bonnie tyler bonnie yeah. tyler yeah because you know the 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 fog and the the wind blowing everywhere i was just like <laughs> i got more 80s than 90s i guess yeah there's so many throwaway lines that are just like great like in the algebra song when he goes it was the umbrella like millennia at the end when they're like yeah but how did you lose my eye oh one of the umbrellas took it out and one of the times i performed it and and millennia going it was the umbrella i couldn't i i i really tried finding something that i was just not happy about with this but i couldn't like it's pure gold and i don't know why more people aren't doing this or i mean if john millennia can you know fix his life i mean he has he's he's gotten better so i've been told like i know i have friends who are comedians who know him and they said that he's doing good and maybe like, he needs the, the the sequel to this i mean he he's gonna be the voice of chip and chip and dale's rescued rangers the movie written and directed by the lonely island stop you stop right now, sir. It, he's Chip and Andy Samberg is Dale. No. Going back to the the bamboo to bamboozled, it it just reminded me of like I don't know if you saw last week or it might have been two weeks ago. They released the trailer for Sing Two, and it broke my brain. It is a world with anth- anthropomorphic creatures. Uh huh. And YouTube doesn't exist, but one of the biggest songs of all time is still haven't found what I'm looking for and is written and sung by Bono as a lion. And I, my brain broke and rewatching this sketch, the bamboo Two, like made me like, be like, Oh yeah. It's just a bunch of execs that put this together. Have you not seen sing the first sing movie? I saw this. I saw the first sing one. Yeah, you know, where Golden Slumber is written by Jennifer Hudson. All right. Well, to bring it back to John Mulaney for a second, Scotty King, do you have mm-hmm. any, would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist? I mean, a lot of these are just like little jingles. Pay Attention like, to Me is a bop. I would definitely add that song to a playlist. Yeah, that one was funny. I think I'm going to add uh, I Saw a White Lady Crying and... Um, the Algebra I, song too. No, well, not the algebra song. Plain plate of noodles. That one spoke to me because I love pasta and macaroni. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got I've got the gut to prove it. So um, I was rewatching it. I was just like, Orson is singing to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, I, or Orson and I are kindred spirits. <laughs> I, I would say that. Pay attention to me. As a huge Talking Heads fan, I would add um, and. If I was doing like a transition song, just like a throwaway of like little five second one, uh, do you want to play a restaurant? No, just, sir. You have to call the restaurant. No, you have to. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> it was so good. So with that note, we're done with the episode. Hooray, we did it. We talked about Java Lady and other things. Do you have anything you want to plug or promote? I hope you do. <laughs> I Well, I have two podcasts. I have Writer's Bagel Basket and I have... Writer's Bagel Basket is where we do nostalgic stuff. We do movies and TV. We're basically... So when this episode is airing, we will be on hiatus for the rest of the summer. But when we come back in September, we do Not Your Average Saturday Morning. In October, we do Shocktober, 90s November. And... All award season, December and January is snubs and shrugs. So, so basically, every month we we do a theme and we circulate it with TV and film that you know from our past, from our future that like just really goes well with with each theme. March is Toxic Relationship Month because February is Romance Month. So, oh, that's my birthday month. <laughs> February or March. February toxic. Okay, I'm like, month. don't don't say toxic relationship month. Not nope. March. Oh wait. Oh, I thought February, you said February was toxic relationship month. No, February is is romance month. Toxic relationship month is March. No, no, re- reverse it. We're gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna come on in in February, and we're gonna talk about toxic relationships because <laughs> there's a lot of them. <laughs> uh and my other podcast, the reason why I'm here is because I have a little dog and pony show called Hell is a Musical, where one of my best friends in the world, Lils Martin, she hates musicals. I love musicals. And I try to get her to like some. Some she's liked. She's liked Eurovision, which I, to this day, still say is a musical. She disagrees with me. Yeah. I have a rule. If there's, if there's over five songs in the movie that people sing it's a musical mm, i don't know there also is like the other the other like mu- theater rule where it's like it the music is a driving force for the story yeah um, but like you could argue that at the end her singing Husevic is like a driving force for their relationship so i i would i mean all I the songs they sing he you. wants to just get into the eurovision song contest yeah, I I, I I'm I'm, just, I'm I agree with you that it is a musical, but there might be others besides Lils who will argue with yes. us. So and and we we started this all with Sing Street a year ago. <gasps> that kicked it. Sing Street kicked it off. Have you done Sing Street yet? It's later down the line on the on the schedule. Yeah, Sing Street is great. So and good. We just got done doing Greatest Showman, so <laughs> that that was. That was something. So what are the the socials for those that people can find? So Writer's Bagel Basket is on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, And that is on Twitter at W-R-T-R-B-A-G-E-L-B-S-K-T or on Instagram, Writer's Bagel Basket. And then for Hell is a Musical on Twitter at Hell underscore pod. And on Instagram, where we're at Hell is a Musical. And why are they so different? <laughs> because because Twitter doesn't let you do characters. Oh, that's true. Twitter would not let me do at Hell is a Musical or at Time because it sounds too much like the band Time. It so they thought Time Pod. Then people would think that we're we're a podcast dedicated to the band Time. 
valid ex- valid excuse. <laughs> and I'm sorry I can't get SD Danielle and Alana on the podcast. Yet. 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 Um, tweeting at them. And uh, yeah, if you if you like us, you know, give us a listen. Um, I mean, there's an ongoing bit where we're trying to get Bernadette Peters to go to Fuddruckers with me. There is a little, literally on our prom episode, the tagline is Bernadette Peters. Why won't you go to Fuddruckers with me? And I and I tweeted at her too. Is, did she respond? Please tell me. Nope. Her, no. Oh, that would have been hilarious, though. Oh, Bernadette. we're gonna we're gonna keep we're gonna keep tagging there. Brendan Peters, why won't you go to Fuddruckers with Scotty K? <laughs> and if you know Bernadette Peters, that I can we can do like a a chain like get get her in touch with Scott. You can email me at buttersongpod at gmail dot com, or you know at me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at buttersongpod. Twitter I'm not really active on, but like every once in a while I'll, I'll post something. So if you at me there with Bernadette about Bernadette Peters, we can start a conversation. You could also like write in on your your thoughts on John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch. Was I wrong in saying that there's no flat and that it's a banger of a thing? Who knows? No one really answers my questions. I asked all the questions at the end and no one has responded. So let's see if somebody does. And if you want to be part of next episode, we're going to be talking about Mama Mia. We're doing that in September. I'm surprised though that you haven't groaned. Like, do you do you actually do you like Mamma Mia? No, I think it's a guilty pleasure film because I watched it for Pierce Brosnan to just sing terribly. Yes, yes, he's he's awful. And uh, Helen Firth. I mean, yeah, and you know, Meryl Streep can only carry so much of the movie. <laughs> yeah all right well that's it for this episode everyone stay tuned for more bye for now special thanks to justin johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to nick bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast and thank you to Castbox for hosting this podcast bye again everyone and have a musical day Thanks for having me, Johnny. Yeah, no problem. You got to come back. We got to get Lils to come come on. Okay. Uh, for real, though. And I'm going to stop recording now. <laughs> <laughs>